0: This is episode number 157 with Andrew Barnes of The Founder Podcast. Discover exactly what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur and what's possible through entrepreneurship from the greatest minds in business today. Welcome to The Founder Podcast. Here's your host, Nathan Chan. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Founder Podcast. My name is Nathan Chan and I'm the CEO and host of Founder Magazine and the Founder Podcast coming to you live from hometown, homegrown Melbourne, Australia. Hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you are around the world and I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to share your earbuds with me. If you are new to the Founder Podcast, we interview some of the most successful founders and entrepreneurs of our generation, and uh, we really find out what it takes to build and grow a successful business, uh, because myself included, I'm trying to learn how to do this stuff. All right, so let's talk about today's guest. His name's Andrew Barnes, and he's a founder of a company called Go One. and uh, they they're come out of Y Combinator, so they're alumni of Y Combinator. And pretty much, they've got a B2B education platform. Now, what's really, really interesting is they've built that company to have over 400,000 users in three years, and it's all come from the art of mastering business-to-business sales. So it was really interesting that we honed in on this one, because you know there's something that actually we want to go down, like we want to go down this path one day um, with Founder, where... You know, we're building out a lot of courses now. We're getting experts to teach those courses and, and working out a way to create courses that I believe aren't currently in the marketplace that are extremely helpful, that have really high completion rates. And you know, they're just courses that you guys tell us you want and the problems that you guys want solved. And then from there, you know, the more and more courses we build, eventually we'll be able to bundle that into a subscription, which is similar to what Andrew has done, where they've got all these courses into this, you know, educational platform, and how they've done most of the selling is finding big corporate companies and, uh, you know, getting on the phones, doing presentations, doing B2B sales, and which is something I think could be super powerful for us. Eventually, when we build this platform of you know essentially an entrepreneurship school or classes, and I learn a ton. If it's not about sales, but there is just like so much gold around just getting on the phone and selling. So if you're selling a product, you're selling a service. You selling you're building a SaaS product. You know, whatever it is you're building, nothing beats getting on the phone, hustling, and getting in front of people instead of doing this old school. kind of new school stuff with email marketing, doing it online. You know, There's a lot to be said where you can do both, new school and old school, so online stuff and offline stuff. And Andrew's done offline in a very, very big way. You're going to learn a ton around how you can use these strategies to grow your business by getting on the phone. All right, guys, that's it from me. If you are enjoying these episodes, please, please, please do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening. It helps more than you can imagine. And if you're listening to this, I know you must be a founder or an aspiring founder. and I know you must have a ton of friends that would get a lot of value from this podcast or any of our content that you can check out at founder, F-O-U-N-D-R.com. Please do share this stuff with your friends. It helps us more than you can imagine. It really helps us drive our movement. All right, guys, that's it from me. Now let's jump into the show. So uh, the first question that I ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job?
1: How did I get my job? Oh, good question. I was volunteering in high school at a, a, a not-for-profit called Epilepsy Queensland and they asked us to build out a website. Uh, and so myself and a couple of friends in high school did that and uh, it turned out pretty well. We um, ended up winning a couple of competitions for, for building out websites uh, just as a, a bit of a hobby. And then uh, I got my first job when a, a friend in school handed me a business plan and said, look, let's let's turn this hobby into a business. And so uh, sort of like to joke that instead of working for Coles or Woolies for, for $15 an hour, we're working for ourselves for, for $2 an hour <laughs> and, and have loved it. Uh, we ended up selling off the professional services business a, a number of years later and uh, we saw an opportunity in the corporate training market and so we um, most of the, the same group of people uh, got together and, and launched Go One.
0: Gotcha. So when you say most of the same group of people, were these people that you worked with in the in the, uh, the services
1: business? Uh, that's right. So uh, uh, three out of four of us uh, who co-founded the business went to high school together and the uh, other uh, co-founder had been working with us for, for the last couple of years in, in the services business.
0: Gotcha. So there's three of you that started Go One?
1: Uh, four of us that started Go One and three um, from high school together.
0: Gotcha. And when did you when did you start the company?
1: We started it in uh, late 2014, but only incorporated it uh, in 2015.
0: Gotcha. And how did that start out? Can you talk us through the early days? Um, how did that start out? Because I know you guys have done Y Combinator too, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. So we did Y Combinator in 2015. Uh, and uh, I suppose the sort of genesis of, of the business was – twofold one uh we're sort of thinking what's what's an area uh, where technology really has a, a a lot yet to deliver and i think training and learning and, and education is an area where technology is is doing some really exciting stuff and was an, an obvious area to focus on uh, and at the same time we're uh talking to customers potential customers and the sort of pitch around a learning product, which also had access to a content marketplace of off-the-shelf courses, really resonated with them. So when we um, got our first customer sign up before we even had a product, then uh, we knew we were onto something. And so that's that what what led us to to dive straight into it.
0: Yeah, gotcha. So you identified a, a niche and, uh, and problem that you guys wanted to solve. Um, how did you get that first customer before you even built the product, and who was that first customer? Was it a big corporate? Because you, you guys focus on on um, corporate training, right?
1: We do. Uh, so the first customer was actually a training organization. So if you think of what we do as a marketplace, on one side, we've got corporates that are consuming training, uh, and on the other side, we've got training organizations. Uh, so we worked with that training organization to get their, their material online, and then that meant we could go to um businesses uh to say uh, look we can deliver uh training with um with our product but also with some content that was available immediately plus into their um their teams
0: gotcha so the so tell talk to me about what happened next um so you, you got your first customer what happened next
1: yes yeah, so we went through a, a number of iterations so we had I suppose version zero point zero zero one, and we we're sort of refining it initially very much around that customers' requirements. Then we started getting uh, more corporates on board. Uh, we had um, some good success in in the not-for-profit space, in in the financial services space, and uh, in local government and state government. And so we started building out and iterating the product to a point where we. Uh, actually had something which was less of a, a custom solution and, and more of a, a product that was off the shelf where we could really go out to market with. And when we hit that point, that's when we decided that uh, we'd apply to Y Combinator. So uh, i was um, I'd been sort of checking the Y Combinator application window for a while and, and never really sort of got around to applying. And I remember I, I woke up the, uh, the night that the applications were due uh, I think, at 2 a.m. And, and sent myself an email saying, make sure to apply tomorrow morning. And uh, then uh, within sort of half an hour before the the deadline, got our application in. Hmm.
0: That's awesome. And uh, so you, you did YC, you, you took all your four co-founders as well?
1: We did, yeah. So um, we did YC, we started employing uh, more staff at that point in time as well. And so we are uh, in Mountain View at uh, which is where YC is based. It's also where Google is. It's just outside of California, outside of San Francisco in California. And we had a two-bedroom, one-bathroom uh, house. And I think we managed to fit eight people in there at one point in <laughs> time. It was yeah, very... Wow. Cozy. That would have been fun. Uh, it was very cozy. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it would have been a good experience. Awesome.
1: It was good. Yeah, it was a lot of fun.
0: So what happened next?
1: Uh, and so we did YC. Uh, we ha- kept growing the business through that, and post YC, um, raised a um, sort of a, a a seed round for for the company. And yeah, it's been going um, really great done since. Uh, we've now got five offices: so we're in Sydney, in San Francisco, uh, also in Kuala Lumpur, and in Ho Chi Minh City in Malaysia and Vietnam, respectively. Uh, we've got customers and every continent except for Antarctica, and uh, yeah, users uh, and content providers that that are loving the platform. So we're, we're super excited.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm really curious, Malaysia and Vietnam, why do you have offices there?
1: Uh, so Malaysia is um, because we had some inbound inquiries uh, and ended up securing a, a significant customer there. So we, we worked with the Malaysian government to provide training to the public service. Uh, and so I think this year we should have close to 200,000 uh, users just in Malaysia going through through the system. So making sure we could resource that, uh, provide support in uh, Bahasa Malay and uh, in, in the right time zone uh, was important to us. And in Vietnam, we do our development out of Brisbane and in Ho Chi Minh City, and that that's just worked out well. We've we originally found some freelancers that uh, we got along well with, and then we built up an office and, and now uh, have an incorporated presence in in Vietnam.
0: Gotcha. So you do your development and product is built out of Brisbane and Ho Chi Minh City.
1: That's correct. Yes.
0: Gotcha. So you said you have an office in Sydney too, right?
1: We do, yes. So I'm in Sydney at the moment.
0: Gotcha. I'm curious, uh, why do you have the Sydney office? Um, How come Brisbane is not sufficient?
1: Historically, we've been an enterprise sales uh, company. And so when you're selling into, say, uh, a large corporate or a publicly listed company or a government, then the face-to-face component at some stage during the deal cycle is still really important. Mm -hmm. And so in Sydney, we've got a sales office. And the team fly into Melbourne from Brisbane uh, and Sydney and across all of Australia. In fact, we do a lot of our, our smaller sales uh, just via webinar, and that's worked really well. But you know, on a B2B basis, there's at this point in time no substitute for sitting down and, and having a discussion with someone.
0: Yeah, okay, interesting. Now, it sounds like the company growing extremely fast. How big is your team? How are you managing that growth?
1: So across the business, we, we've now got uh, just over 75 people. Uh, yeah, we, wow. Yeah. It's, um, and like I saying, in December last year, we had to um, hire 14 people in the space of uh, a month. And so doing that and making sure that we've got a, a strong culture that doesn't get... Um, sort of mixed up in in the fact that we're, we're hiring quickly is really important to us so I spend probably too much time in airports and traveling around uh, the offices to make sure that we have sort of a consistent message a consistent approach to, to how we do things um, making sure that yeah that, that culture that we we had since the early days is is something that applies across every every office and, and for every member of the team
0: yeah that must be hard from growing that fast. Do you, so you would have a leadership team in place now, right? Too, not only just the co-founders.
1: Yes, yeah, no, we, we've um, put together a, a, a leadership team uh, as well.
0: Yeah, gotcha. And talk to me um, about the uh, because to obviously to fuel that growth, you've 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 generated a, a significant amount of a large customer base. Sounds like some pretty big licensing deals to to use your platform, your LMS. Talk to me about that. How that come about and um, what are your strategies around BizDev?
1: Yeah, so I suppose our value proposition is um, much more around that sort of all-in-one training solution rather than LMS and how we communicate that because it's something that really hasn't existed in the market to date. Uh, There's been content providers, so you could go and access a course from say a Lynda or a Udemy or from uh, an Australian provider like uh, Learning Seed or E3 Learning or Skillsoft. But if you wanted to access courses from multiple providers then you had to deal with multiple vendors. So what we do is uh, very similar to say, what, uh, what if or Expedia do in the travel space, we aggregate all those different content providers. And how we have gone out to markers has evolved greatly. I remember in NYC, we we're up late just doing basically cold calling, trying to, to generate interest and, and see where that would take us. And we tried Google AdWords and spent a fortune on that and, and tried um, a whole host of different options. And what, what we eventually stumbled on is a model where we've got sales development reps uh, that Identify people that uh, match our criteria. So, uh, an organisation that might have 100 to 1,500 FTEs uh, staff in their business. Yes. Uh, we reach out to a senior manager there and intentionally sort of miss target. So, we'll we might reach out to the CEO or an executive, and say, Hey, look, this is what we can provide. If that's of interest to you, could you introduce us to the right person in, in your business? And the great thing about that is. We then suddenly get that, that senior executive uh, introducing us to maybe the head of um, HR or the head of learning and development saying, hey look, we, I know this is something that we need to do internally, could you speak to the team at Go One?" And so we, we turn something which could have been sort of a cold introduction to a much warmer introduction and then we go through a, a typical sales cycle then with our account execs that will do a call or a webinar or, or a face-to-face.
0: Yeah, gotcha. So then, it sounds like predominantly a big, a big, um, a big batch of that seventy-five are sales reps, biz dev people on the ground. Then, hey,
1: it, it, it's sort of a pretty even split between uh, our product team, our customer success team, and our sales and biz dev team. Yep, gotcha. I see,
0: and I'm curious. So, how many courses do you have?
1: Oh, we've now got over one hundred fifty thousand courses that we we aggregate. Uh, and wow. we've got hundreds of thousands more uh, individual resources, so videos or quizzes or documents uh, as well.
0: And how do you ensure the consistency?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Uh, we've approached it in the same way that many other marketplaces do. Uh, we allow people to provide a, a rating or a, a review around it because who are we to know what uh, an organization thinks is the best leadership course or what what Workplace health and safety training is going to be a good fit for a, a company in London versus a company in New York or in Sydney. Uh, and so, our job as a, a marketplace is to make sure that there's that choice there, that people can easily search and discover what they're after uh, in terms of the the quality. We make sure that there's sort of a minimum bar uh, with the material that someone uploads, but in terms of the content quality, that that's something that we uh, allow our users to to rate. Got you. So you guys
0: actually just find training organizations and then you get them, well, you you obviously cut a licensing deal with them to put their content on your platform, so to repurpose it.
1: Exactly. It's um, us being a channel uh, for those training organizations so they can access new, um, new markets and new customers. And for our corporate customers, then it becomes a great value proposition because in that one system, they can say, get say first aid training from St. John Ambulance, or they can do um, compliance training from another provider and they can do some soft skills or um, professional development from someone um, different further.
0: And then they actually become certified in that thing that they learn or that's been taught.
1: Exactly. Yeah, we, we track all those enrollment completions. And so therefore, there's that audit trail around what someone's done and what what their strengths are.
0: Mm, that's really smart. So talk to me about the learning, uh, the, the training organizations that provide you the content. How do you incentivize them to give up their content if they're already selling it? Um, do, you do you do a revenue share? Uh, do you do a pool of like how Skillshare do it? Do you know how Skillshare do it around uh, minutes watched of the video? I'm really
1: curious. Yeah, we're really interested in that um, sort of royalty model, which is I suppose similar to how Spotify works yeah, as well. Uh, but at this point in time, it's just a very simple revenue share. And, yeah, because we're a, a new um, – the Sales channel for for those organisations, it's been a, a pretty easy discussion to have.
0: Yeah, gotcha. So it's you've found that it's to to be an easy discussion uh, because they're just you guys have such a, a large audience base because you've got the sales reps on the ground. Plus, you're signing up these big uh, companies that have over fifteen hundred FTEs. That it allows them to tap into a new channel.
1: Uh, yes, and it just creates a stronger value proposition for them so um they can obviously can, the, many of our content providers continue to sell direct uh, this just is a nice compliment uh, for them in the same way that you could book a hotel directly through the hotel or you can book it through expedia or, or what if
0: gotcha so if it's a revenue share does that mean that you're selling the courses to these big corporate companies one to one you're not doing a licensing deal where it's a recurring like like what do you charge
1: Fortunately for us, because um, we're a, a SaaS business, and in a SaaS business, recurring revenues are, are king. Mm. Uh, training is also something that needs to recur, uh, whether it's sort of a first aid course that's done every 12 months or 24 months, or uh, workplace health and safety, or, or another course like that. So the agreements that we typically have with our uh, corporate customers is a mixture of content uh, and our product licensing as well and so they're they recurring uh, amounts
0: yeah gotcha i guess the part that i'm struggling to work out andrew is is how do you work out with the with the companies the the training organizations how much revenue they're entitled to if you are signing up the corporate clients on a recurring subscription
1: oh uh, well it's a revenue share that's recurring as well so if you think of say the apple app store where the app creator takes 70%, and app will take 30%. Uh, very similar for us. So if we've got a, an organization that's spending uh, $10,000 a year, then it might be uh, $7,000 per year going to the, the various content providers uh, that they're accessing, and ah. $3,000 will our, our cut of that.
0: Gotcha. So, so, the, so the corporates don't get access to everything. They have to choose what they want access to.
1: Exactly, because at the end of the day, um, different pieces of content are going to apply for for different organisations. If you're a a small business starting up in in Melbourne uh, and you're, I don't know, in in software development, then you're probably not interested in having your staff pay for access to an anti-money laundering course that's designed for someone in the UK. Yeah, gotcha. What people are after.
0: Yeah, gotcha. No, that makes sense. The reason that I'm asking a lot of these questions quite intently is is we we want to do something kind of similar, but at a very, very micro niche level. And we're doing um, really, really high uh, production, you know, curated by us, high production managed by us. Courses going very very deep um, and specifically choosing certain um, uh, people to teach etc cetera, etc. Cetera. so I found I find that really fascinating. so I'm, I'm really curious around leadership because your company has grown so fast is I know that you is this your second business you said you ran the uh, services website services based business. is this your second business?
1: Yes yeah, so I suppose second business that I've been CEO of. In addition to that, I'm on the board of two not-for-profits in Queensland and I started a social enterprise when I was in Oxford in the UK and um, raised some, that now operates in South Africa just uh, outside of Cape Town. And so I've been fortunate to be involved in a a couple of different uh, organisations and ventures, but yeah, this is the the second one where I've been um, sort of co-founder and CEO.
0: Yeah, well, wow, that's amazing because one thing I've found as a first-time founder, when you when you have to transition from founder to CEO, which is where you're at now, um, structuring that team and building out that that team, and uh, that that is very very difficult, and knowing who to hire when. Who's the right person for the role? What what role you need filled uh, immediately? How do you work that out with a company that's growing thus that fast? Like for you guys have only been around for two and a half years, not even. You know, like, like how, how are you working that out?
1: Y Combinator has a really good uh, recommendation when it comes to hiring. And their recommendation is to not or to at least hold it off as long as possible until it becomes really painful and then you know which um, which areas you need to hire in. And so that's sort of been the philosophy that we've we've tried to take as much as possible is keep hiring low and, until uh, things are almost at breaking point and then you sort of see where, where those items are and, and that's the, the areas that you hire additional capacity in.
0: Yeah, gotcha. That makes sense. So – are you, you raised seed was that 4 million
1: it was yes
0: seed 4 million um, what do you plan to do with that money because it sounds like are you guys using you guys you guys are b2b b2b saas kind of like you're a marketplace at the same point so i'm curious um, what would you where, where are you going to spend that money? Doesn't it sound like you would be spending that money on paid acquisition. It Sounds like you're just uh, got got uh, sales, sales teams on the ground.
1: Yeah, so we've got uh, a mixture of sales team that operates over webinars and on the ground, and the other side for us uh, this year in particular is growing out that marketplace side. So you, you're spot on. We're a, a combination of a SaaS and a marketplace uh, business, and uh, we've got. Close to half a million users uh, now on our platform. Uh, we want to see that uh, grow exponentially over the the course of the next twelve months. And the other, the, the flip side of the same coin is the content providers. We want to see uh, more and more uh, training organisations. So if you are building out those um, sort of deep uh, courses and and masterclasses, uh, we, yeah, we'd love to have um love to have that on board because that's the the other really important thing for us is getting really great quality. Uh, content onto our system and so that's where we're we're looking to sort of use that um those funds raised
0: Mm, i see so it would be mainly sounds like it more sales biz dev and building out the platform on products are you hiring engineers as well more
1: engineers we are yeah always interested in in people um that uh, might be looking for a role in, in product dev or in sales, or, or in customer success as well. Uh, very, very much uh, looking for people who are interested to, to send us their resume.
0: Do you do guys do much uh, content marketing?
1: We uh, have quite an extensive uh, set of articles that we publish and write. And I think it's important for for us as an organisation because we're we're in the learning and training space. Is to spend the time to think through what's important in. In that industry, um, what's what are the important topics? And so we we write quite extensively on that, and and being fortunate to sort of get picked up in in local international papers and publications around that. I, I suppose you could call that content marketing. We we think it's a really important part of just staying involved in in the space that we're operating.
0: Gotcha. And when it comes to um I'm really curious how you're building the product out of out of Ho Chi Minh and and Brisbane. Um, is it difficult to find talent? Like uh, I um, I would have thought that the product would be built out of San Fran because of the just the the caliber of engineers.
1: I thought that as well when we went through Y Combinator, and what was really interesting is that the talent that's in San Francisco, the talent that's in in Brisbane and in Ho Chi Minh and Sydney, in other places around the world, there's definitely, I suppose, a concentration of talent in San Francisco, but the, um, I suppose, competition for that talent is so much greater when it's a Google or a Facebook or a Microsoft or an Apple uh, that's in that same market. And so we'd much rather um, work with, teams in, in Brisbane or in, in Ho Chi Minh where we're operating because we can have some of the, the best developers uh, in that that market and, and also at the same time have a really nice um, sort of uh, lifestyle. Uh, California is fantastic. It's got great weather, but we're also very lucky in Australia. We've got um, great weather and, and great um, living conditions as well. So I don't think that you need to sort of just pick up a move to San Francisco to, to start a dev team. I've spoken to many Australian founders that are uh, in San Francisco and they've actually been hiring people from Australia and moving them across to San Fran. Uh, they found that's a more effective way of getting talent than, than hiring locally because, uh, yeah, you, you might end up with someone who's done a, a boot camp for three months in San Francisco where you might find someone in Australia who's a, a real expert in the area that you're looking for.
0: I agree. I agree. So, um same with us, we're going to set up an office in the states next year and I agree it can be done out of uh, out of Australia like I think you can build a HQ in Australia. So, where
1: where is your head office? Our head office is in Brisbane.
0: Yeah, your head office is in Brisbane. Got you. So that's where you spend most of your time, same with your co-founders?
1: Uh I spend most of my time on a flight, on a plane. Um <laughs> so I yeah, say for example in April uh, I'm in Sydney at the moment, next week I'm in Wellington in New Zealand, uh, week after that I'm in Kuala Lumpur and week after that uh, I'm in San Francisco. Uh, so I, I do, I probably do spend more time in Brisbane but quite um, honestly I, I do take that sort of duty of getting around to the offices um, really seriously because uh, we found that Having that sort of personal rapport is is so important. And you can achieve so much more when you're sitting down with someone uh, than any other way. I uh, we're big use of technology as well, but um, yeah, making sure that the founding team is getting across all those um, all the different areas where we're looking to expand is is really important. Whether that's sort of geographically or whether that's in terms of different functions or or different sort of customers or partners, that that is strategically important.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. So. But core team is in Brisbane, by sounds
1: of it. Our management team is includes people from all the other offices as well. So when we do our weekly uh, management uh, calls, then we'll have people dialing in um, from San Francisco or from Ho Chi Minh or potentially from Kuala Lumpur or, and, and certainly from Brisbane and Sydney. So uh, we do have, I suppose, more of the executive team in Brisbane, but by no stretch of the imagination is our management team isolated to, to one office.
0: Yeah, gotcha. Um, let's actually talk about running like a distributed team. And as a CEO, um, who reports to you? How do you stay on top of keeping things moving? Do you? How many people do you have reporting to you right now? Is it just your, your executive management team?
1: It is. Uh, and so we've got our head of sales, our uh, head of customer success and chief operating officer, um, head of finance. Uh, we've got uh, ahead of uh, our content partnerships and ahead of marketing uh, as well, so there's uh, a number of uh, roles there. In addition to some some new areas that uh, we're looking to sort of branch out into uh, some channel partnerships of our own, uh, which has been quite exciting. And we like like I mentioned before, we have a weekly uh, meeting every Wednesday that runs for an hour. We've got a set agenda where we run through through sort of the key KPIs of, uh, of the business uh, for the first half an hour and then we spend the next half an hour to 45 minutes doing a deep dive into one of the functional areas where we'll sort of each quiz each other and try and sort of um, play devil's advocate on, on what we're doing to make sure we're our fiercest critics internally to um, run the most robust uh, business that we can.
0: Gotcha. Did you, do you have a CTO?
1: Oh, we do, yeah. Yep. So I had a product. Uh, so we've got a CTO and, and head of product management as well. Gotcha. So you've got about 10 people that report to you. Uh, and I suppose some of those members on the management team don't necessarily report in directly to me. They report in to other members.
0: Yeah, gotcha. And when it comes to, I guess, rallying rallying the troops per se, how, how often are you communicating to everyone? Um, are you doing a yearly... Yearly retreat. Uh, I'm really curious around that.
1: Yeah, we, we do a Friday uh, end of week call. So every um, Friday we have a whole of company call where people might do a demo or share some um, news uh, or um, recent sales or recent customer success stories. I, I love that. I think that's a great way for people to share the sort of successes and share um, lessons learned across the whole company. And in addition to that, every quarter we run a whole of company workshop. So we'll have one coming up at the end of this month, and one of those every year is is a um, sort of a retreat. So we ran one in in June last year where we had a, a company retreat, and we'll be doing a, another one coming up um, probably mid-year this year as well.
0: Yeah, gotcha. So um, your offsite, you do four times a year is it is it or, or once a year and then you do the once workshop year an yeah once yeah. a year
1: is a and then um three other times a year is a sort of half day workshop where we get all the uh, teams to dial in
0: ah so it's dial in gotcha gotcha yeah okay that makes sense and um what's next for you guys uh we have to work towards wrapping up but what's next
1: uh, what's next for us? Well, we're super excited about the, the space that we're playing in. i uh, seen a lot of success domestically uh, in Australia and looking to continue to um, grow out in, in the Australian market, but also into Southeast Asia and the US. Uh, we think it's a, a massive global opportunity. And I know every startup thinks that the, the opportunity in front of them is a massive global opportunity, but uh, this is something that we've got m- more and more conviction every day around. Uh, what we're doing and and we're super excited with that. So for for 2017, it's about building up the user numbers and building up the content providers and making sure that we continue to provide a a product that our customers love. Yeah, wow,
0: awesome. A few last questions on wrapping up. You would have met a lot of smart people at YC, like Paul Graham, or all sorts of crazy people. Um, Best piece of advice uh, that you've got uh, being at YC and then best piece of advice you've got uh, from... I guess, uh, your investors or
1: advisors? I'll throw in another one. So I was also lucky enough to um, study at Oxford University. I um, was awarded the Rhodes Scholarship for Queensland a couple of years ago. So there, the best piece of advice was to, to listen uh, more. And I think uh, in any leadership position, it's so important to spend time listening rather than talking and, and something I'm still practicing but I, I think listening is such an important skill to really understand where someone else is coming from. YC, one of the best pieces of advice was to do less. Uh, just if you uh, can do less then you can focus um, on doing that better uh, and so being able to say no to um, distractions is, is really, really critical uh, and that helped us and YC to really focus down what we were uh, doing and, and focusing on. And then we've, we've got such a great group of investors uh, and I think the, the thing that we look for in any investor uh, or for anyone that we bring on board in the team is on that journey, are we sort of heading the same direction and can we, I suppose, focus on, on making new mistakes uh, which sounds a little bit sort of um, weird or contradictory, but if you think of it, I'd much rather make new mistakes than make old mistakes. Because if you're making old mistakes that someone else has made, then uh, as a business, you haven't sort of learned any lessons from someone else's experience in any new organization, in any new um sort of disruptive business, there's going to be stumbling blocks and mistakes made, but hopefully that's because you're forging new territory and new ground rather than tripping over potholes that, that other people have tripped over before that you should have known how to avoid, and so that's that's what we look for.
0: Yeah, awesome, fantastic. And um, what what are, what have been the, the biggest sacrifices you've had to make uh, to get where you are today and, and also to drive the company's growth
1: Sleep? <laughs> not much sleep. No, I, I, I say that in jest. During YC in San Francisco, we would be up until, say, 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Uh, every night, uh, just burning midnight oil. Um, more recently, have made sure to make, particularly from a, a management team perspective, that everyone's taking holidays. So it's a it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Sometimes it's a sprint and you need to sort of knuckle down and, and sort of work uh, long hours, but in other occasions, really important that people can refuel and recharge um because yeah you don't want people to burn out so um yeah it's uh, different sacrifices at different times but I, i'm super excited about what we're doing and i think that's 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 the main thing is you need to enjoy the journey and if you're not enjoying the journey then it's a tough slog and yeah this is this is my hobby as well as uh, my work so I, I love what i'm doing
0: yeah that's awesome awesome well look um thank you so much. Uh, for taking the time andrew uh last question is where's the best place people can find out more about yourself or go one
1: probably if anyone's got any questions just um yeah message me on twitter and that's just aj underscore barnes and check out go com uh for information on on what we do
0: awesome fantastic well thank you so much for your time mate i really appreciate it cheers nathan The Founder Podcast has come to a close,
1: but it's not time to sleep. It's time to hustle.
0: Download the Richard Branson issue of Founder Magazine for free right now by visiting foundermag.com slash Branson. Again, that's an absolutely free download of the Richard Branson issue of Founder Magazine containing an exclusive interview with the man himself. It's only available at foundermag.com slash Branson. So download it now, and we'll see you
1: next time on the Founder Podcast.